to our next game and the Los Angeles Chargers totally chargered and uh, just fell to the Detroit Lions, which we certainly did not see coming. Uh, 10 to 13 was the final score in this one. And um, yeah, just another case of the Chargers just throwing the game away, it seems. Uh, reverse, no scores in this one, but a pick, which was a, a bit of a killer. Um, what's, what's wrong here? What is wrong in San Diego? They're supposed to be a team with a good, a really good-looking defense on paper. And their offense, like their running backs are playing quite well, but... In terms of scoring, they're just not finishing it off. Yeah, I think if you're in a close game and you miss two field goals that mm. are 40 yards out, yeah, it's your own fault. This is true. Um, I mean, most of my love in this is going to go to the Detroit Lions defense. Yes. The Chargers holding Eckler, holding, holding the Chargers, sorry, holding Eckler to 10 points after giving up 27 to Kyler in the second half. Yeah. It's good. This is, you know, what you expect. You bring in Matt Patricia, you expect to be holding at least the Chargers. Yeah. And be able to do anything <laughs> against the Patriots. Guys, to 10, to 10 points. And if you hold anyone to 10 points, you have a chance to win. Because all it takes is one play at the end of the game to win you it. And I suggest people go and watch Galladay's catch. Oh, it was absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And it was also, like, that was thrown by Matthew Stafford, who now has 28 fourth quarter comeback since he entered the league in 2009 which is the most in that span Matt Stafford for all his flaws he has some serious grit and he will sling it when he needs to uh, he's, he's, he's a good quarterback on a, an often bad team but um, with players like Galladay stepping up it's given them, given them opportunities to do something this year I am of the impression that a lot of the issues that Lions have had has just been with the play calling at times. Um, they had a time when they had Jim Bob. Jim Bob. Jim Bob Cooter. Cooter. He seemed to be wanting to be a bit more dynamic, but he didn't have a running back. Yes. He didn't have someone who could actually... They were with the their running back. back for a long time. And so now they've they got carry on Johnson. They had the clever plays, but they couldn't, you know, they couldn't win games. But now they seem to have a bit of a defense. If they can get, um, you know... Just a little bit more dynamic and offense. Get get um, Marvin Jones and Kerryon Johnson into the game a bit more. Yeah, they've, they've got Hawkinson. to use what weapons they have, and they did not get Hawkinson involved very much in this game. Um, but of course, that has to be expected for a, a rookie tight end every now and again. And obviously, the, the Chargers just noticed how good he was in the first game and said, "No, we're just going to make sure we shut this guy down." Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, uh, good job to the Detroit Lions in that one. Um, definitely proving a lot of people wrong and still undefeated. Yes, of course. So yeah, maybe should have had something more last week somehow, but yeah, that's a team that could be 2-0, and who just played the Chargers, who many people were tipping as ever for the Super Bowl at the start of the year. So bit of a change there. And now we will head from Detroit down to Houston, Texas. And the Houston Texans were welcoming in the Jacksonville Jaguars. And this one, a lot of people had their eyes on because of the fantastic dress sense of Gardner Minshew uh, looking like a full-blown 1970s porn star coming off of his flight. It was absolutely incredible, beautiful. He just looked like a normal guy who's loving life. I didn't see anything different about him. 
I think most people are actually interested in the fact that he looks like he's an all right quarterback. Really? Uh, well, okay. Well, Darren is saying that whilst uh, playing with his own G-string at, at the moment. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Gardner Minshew, uh, he's still still playing okay. And he came out in this one and again played okay. Uh, 23 of 33 for 213 in a score. Uh, and but Should have it, trusted him, sure. Mm. And his, his rushing ability was excellent as well. well but yes, you're Baker, correct. He's a Baker Explain. Mayfield light. He's a very similar player to Baker. Um at the end of the game, the two point I'm all for them going for two points. You know, you you got a chance away from home to beat a division rival that you weren't expected to be anywhere near. Show some balls, game on the line, go for two. Fournette had been closed up every time he ran in this game. He was not having a good game. And he got close. But I just think if you'd swung it out to one of the other backs or let Minshew do a slant route, you probably would have just keep the momentum going. Yeah. I feel like giving it to Fournette was a momentum killer, and it seemed the, obvious because the they, Texans just—that's what the Texans wanted. To have. They seem to believe that Fournette is still this guy who can do it. And like he got—he got his touchdowns and stuff in his first career, sorry, for first season even. But he's just not been doing it since then. And this week was a very Leonard Fournette stat line. I've been sitting watching this very closely through his career due to fantasy reasons. But very, very Leonard Fournette stat line. 15 carries for 47 yards, no touchdowns. It's an average of 3.1 yards per carry. I think that's about what he is at the moment. He is this guy. He looks so imposing. And he, when he gets in the open field, he is excellent. But all but, of them are. Yeah. He's, but he's just he's not Every, doing it Literally yet. everyone that's entered the league, except Trent Richardson, has mm-hmm. been imposing in the open field. <laughs> like, this is what people are saying about running backs, you know, the, the value. Um, it needed to it needed to be a different play. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like when the Seahawks lost the Super Bowl. It just needs to be a different play. So you're saying something else. the Seahawks should have ran that play, but the Jaguars should have thrown this play. No, I think the Seahawks should have thrown... That play as well, but not, but not in that particular to, way. Uh, yeah, defensive play. Um, <laughs> oh, it's it's killer. It's a killer because I think as the Jags have come and been one on one, how different it might have been. You might not have had the dramas they're having with their cornerback. You know, mm, yeah. Jalen Ramsey was not happy in this one, although. He and the Jaguars did manage to hold DeAndre Hopkins to less than 50 yards and no, no touchdowns. So that's Which after something. watching the game last week just seemed impossible, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. They, they did really well to hold uh, Deshaun Watson to um, about 50% of his uh, attempts for only 159 yards. Uh, and he got one rushing score. But um, Carlos Hyde is... Still, the he's proven to be the real focal focal point for this offense at the moment. Twenty carries, ninety yards. Well, Hyde has this really good ability, and I saw it when he was at the Browns to dodge offensive linemen falling over. <laughs> he has a hop step. Yeah, he he kind of hops like six or seven yards before he moves forward, just to find the lane. And I think when your offensive line is literally being battered into submission. Every time you give up the ball, you're just dodging. It's like, and you know, it's like San Andreas, the movie. It's just oh, a rock. Everything's falling everywhere. Just dodging, <laughs> dodging buildings falling down, falling glass. You know, he's just bouncing in and out. And he makes seven yard plays look really good because 
Fournette would have only got one yard. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we saw it in the the game today, like Nick Chubb just running straight into the back of his centre. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. That worked. Like, I guess we'll go with that one there, eh? you got to find... He finds the lanes and he turns backwards plays into a couple of yards, and that's so important. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Deshaun Watson. Just ask, just ask Luke Falk. <laughs> yeah. Deshaun Watson sacked uh, more than four times again. That's the eighth consecutive game that that's happened, which is the longest such streak since sacks became official in 1982, apparently. Um, Jaguars started off real slow in this one, but so did everyone, really. It was a, a real slow moving affair. Um, both teams have their own concerns. Um, I don't know. I think both teams have also had pretty tough starts. Hard to see where these teams are going to go. I think it seems pretty evenly matched. Yeah. Across the board, I think it's it's push who's going to win this. Except for I still don't believe the the Titans. Yeah, it should be on paper, but we'll see how that develops. Anyway, um, after that, that puts us on to our next uh, key game. And that will be the New Orleans Saints coming out losers at the Los Angeles Rams nine points to 27 so this was the game which Drew Brees was knocked out in and when Teddy Bridgewater came in he was not impressive at all really 17 of 30 165 yards relatively ineffective wasn't exactly what we'd hoped from from Teddy um but of course you can't really say that that's a fair way to gauge him just on coming in having no reps of the first team offense or anything um he wasn't getting much help from players around him they just seemed like they weren't doing anything whereas the rams were getting these explosive plays yeah um they started off pretty well um breeze hit um thomas and stride a few times had a had opportunities to get down the field and that kind of injury just kills you. Mm. Especially when it must have been really obvious the players coming off that he was done. He looked really upset. And I feel like he had to go back to the locker room more for the team's sake than rather to actually get medically checked up. Because yeah. he didn't do anything when he came <laughs> back out. He just did the same thing, but he did it in a slightly more positive way. It just looked like their season was over. When... Breeze was standing on the sideline holding his helmet, well, holding his helmet with the other hand, and he had the tape strapped, and he was just looking at the ground. It just looked like their season was over. And I guess you've got to get a bit more positive reinforcement in. But he hasn't missed a game in years. Very scary for Saints fans seeing that. And, yeah, but that's the thing. It's unfamiliar territory. Without having Breeze round and your heir apparent not really being effective at all. And I was surprised that they didn't even try and use Taysom Hill in this one. Just give him a go, for goodness sake. Especially when they were down. like tw- They were like 27, 9 down with like 10 minutes to go. They may- should may as well just put yeah, just give Taysom me- Hill in yeah. at quarterback for the last 5 minutes and see what you've got. I think the problem is that they, they love Bridgewater and he is the backup. Yes, yeah, so, so they want to at least give him a shot. Yeah, I, I guess if they were to put Hill in more often, then perhaps that would eat into Bridgewater's confidence. Hill knows what his role is already. Perhaps they will still start using him, but they will surely give Bridgewater the opportunity to at least get these first team reps 
and move on with this. Um, so, yeah, it uh, wasn't looking great for them. Um, one person who things were looking great for was Cooper Cup, who had a hundred plus yard receiving game since uh, like for the first like, so far, sorry, the first time since week four of last season. But of course, this is also the first time since he came back from his devastating uh, leg injury. So it was fantastic to see, um, including his big catch across the middle, which he then dodged and bobbed and weaved his way through a bunch of defenders before being pulled down at the half foot line. Oh, so painful. So close to any people who had Cooper Cup in their fantasy team and wanted those extra points. But still, really, really good to see him. And um, like Jared Goff was okay in this game. Again, it's, it's, it's nothing to really blow your face off or anything like that. Doesn't need to. Nope. That's not, it, and again, Todd Gurley game, was okay. Showed Todd Gurley was really good in the drives he played in. Yes. He was alternating drives, which I think is what they're going to continue to do until it really matters. Yeah, he's going to get most of the, the work, but people like Malcolm Brown are going to get the spells in there to just sort of break up a little bit, which isn't really going to please fantasy owners, but that doesn't matter in the NFL. It, we don't it care. It works <laughs> for Todd Gurley, because mm. you give him the whole drive... He's going to get one out the backfield as a reception. He's going to run a few through the line. He's going to go around the outside. This gives Todd Gurley the opportunity to really know his body, know where where it's hurting, where it isn't hurting, if he can do it or not. It's looking good. If they were only playing him on third down or swapping him in and out on plays, then he's not going to know because he's not playing in the like long first... Re- <laughs> You know, first down outside runs. You know, he's only going down the middle for six yards here and there. Like, I feel doing it this way means he doesn't have to have all the attention on him. He doesn't have to take all the workload. Mm-hmm. But he gets to do all the things in the drive, all all the things in the playbook, so he knows where he is when it matters. Yeah, I can bet you when it comes down to playing, you know, the Patriots again or the Saints again in the playoffs. He's gonna be in the final drive. The final. We're not gonna have C.J. Anderson on the bike, you know, on no. the field while he's on the bike. He's gonna be playing this season. Yeah, and it's a good thing for the NFL. He's a really good player. It is. Um, one thing which is not good for the NFL is the fact that this was the first game that these teams were playing since the infamous NFC Championship debacle of last season, with the infamous no call, which resulted in all sorts of rule changes. Jared Goff drops back to pass, is hit from behind, ball easily, like quite clearly squirts out and is not an incompletion, but is a fumble. Ball is picked up and Cameron Jordan starts running it back. But referee, sorry, side judge, I think it was, blew the play dead. Upon review, it was definitely a fumble. So what would have been a, a touchdown for the Saints turns into just a turnover. And at that point in the game, that could have been a big difference to the dynamic of that game. I don't think they win the game, even if that stands. But these refs, in in the situation, they... You're taught to... They have instant replay. Play play the fumble. Yeah, They, they. they review turnovers anyway. Just let the play go to its natural conclusion. And like the, the, the referees... the same are... thing that I find in, in soccer with the VAR. It's like calling the offside before the guy's taking the shot. 
But you have VAR. Let mm. the guy finish the play and then go back and look. Yeah, exactly. You have this technology there for a reason. Um, I mean, the referees knew it was wrong. That line judge knew that he's messed up. All other referees have said, nah, this has been bad. Um, it's it's still it's the human element of the game, unfortunately. Uh, and as, as long as we're giving these referees jobs, uh, like these things can still happen. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's unfortunate. But like you say, I don't think they would have won. Uh, with with Breeze out of the game, Alvin Kamara couldn't really be effective either. Yeah, he looked poor, I have to be honest. He just couldn't get... Against the Texans, he was bouncing and bobbing mm-hmm. and getting places. But in this game, he was just even getting anywhere. And to be honest, since defense pretty good. But he's going to have to come up big. I think... And I think they'll have a package, some plays... For him next week. Yeah. You'd hope they've got a week. They're in, they're staying in on the West Coast. They're playing Seattle next week. They're not going home. It's going to be a straight week of how do we get Alvin Kamara the ball and how do defense make some plays? And I would be, I wouldn't be surprised if, um, this, you know, we get a couple of turnovers next week from the Saints defense. I think they're going to be a much more ball hawk centric team. Because mm. they're just going to try and win possessions for their backup quarterback. Yeah, I, I think um, I think the, the Saints once Breeze came out, they just looked completely like, deflated. Uh, they they just looked like they had nothing left in in the tank at that point, and um, the Rams just took advantage, and rightly so. So the the Rams move on, uh, winners in this one. Um, speaking of deflated, we'll speak about the Patriots next. Mm-hmm. That's you know, slight, slightly tenuous, but we'll go into that. Miami aren't very good. Agreed. <laughs> they are not very good at all. Uh, so much so that what's that? They've been outscored now. Is that um, was a hundred and eight points to ten over the first two games, something like that, which is just absolutely obscene. Because I think even if you've got like the worst season. Imaginable as a defense, you're probably giving up like 500 and a bit points. So the fact that they've done this to this point is incredible. And the Patriots didn't need to do much in this game to like run out 43 to nothing winners. I'm sorry for your friend that listens to us because I'm so help, so thankful for his listens. Yeah, but I have nothing to say about this Dolphins team. Oh man, other than Josh Rosen played. Well, it's it's okay because. Um, as, as Neil mentioned previously, I think he stopped listening now because he's a way to just watch basketball for the next at least two seasons. Um, it's, yeah, it's so tough. I don't have nothing to add about Miami. Patriots look dominant. Chase Winovich getting on the sacks. Congratulations, Chase. That's looking Gilmore. good for my bet against uh, uh, my, my friend Stephen Hope, saying that Chase Winovich will do better than Rashan Gary. So I'll take that. <laughs> I thought it was going to be better mate. Yeah, that, was a, yeah. that was a hustle I'm sorry I say so um, yeah Stephen Gilmore getting the reception for a touchdown Jimmy Collins getting two receptions for 74 yards yeesh yeah he wasn't very good on the Browns but you know comes back to New England mix up with Big Bill and yeah looking good um, yeah let, let's talk about the positives on the Patriots side uh, we won't get into the drama that is the Antonio Brown saga. Yeah. As um, a football team they conducted a play 
they got a wide receiver into the end zone. He got two feet down. They scored yeah. six points from it. That's pretty much all I have to say about yeah. Antonio Brown right now. It was a it was a nice nice throw, a nice catch. Uh, Brown was involved in this game. He got uh, four receptions, including the first three in the game, for fifty six yards uh, and and a score. Uh, it was really well split up. They just kind of picked their their passes wherever they needed to. Um, Antonio, Antonio, like Brown had four receptions, Edelman four receptions, Burkhead two, Dorsett three, Lacoste two, Josh Gordon two, James White three. It's very evenly split all across the board. Interesting that they only had one wide receiver get in the end zone. Um, James White got in the end in the in the end zone um, mm-hmm. on a running back reception, but then it was the defense coming up large. Um, <laughs> yes, it was. With and two interceptions returned for touchdowns, wasn't it? Yeah, quarterback sneak and a Sonny Michelle. Yeah, running. So <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh Rosen both posted a passer rating of below thirty nine point six, which is the passer rating that you would receive if you just spiked the ball in every play. So they could literally have done better had they just thrown the ball into the dirt every single time. I'm sure Canyon Drake would have been delighted. Poor Canyon Drake. Um, yeah, we we reckon that he'll be out of there shortly. Um, I have to feel sorry for Miles Gaskin. <laughs> he's not going to see. Hopefully, not going to see the field this year. I really <laughs> like him running back from Washington uh, from the Huskies. Oh, he's going to be a good player, but I mm. think he's kind of happy that Kenyon Drake's taking all the. <laughs> Taking the carries to slack now. right now, yeah. It's just otherwise he's just beating up your body for no particular reason. Um, I guess we'll, we'll we'll run through this a little bit quicker, but I guess one thing to note that is um, Brady's touchdown pass to Antonio Brown in the second quarter means that Brady has now thrown to seventy-two different receivers for scores in the regular season, which is an NFL record. So, kudos to you. And that's the first time that Antonio Brown has caught a touchdown pass from someone not named Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, he's going to probably catch some more. And Bray's going to throw at least one more to Kobe Myers. I think we'll get in the end zone this season. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of their, a couple of their tight ends. I think, don't even think they're playing tight ends. I don't think they're... I don't think the New England Patriots are even playing with tight ends. At well, they, they do have like sort of Matt Lacoste and Ryan, Ryan Izzo. Yeah, exactly. There's no, they don't need tight ends when you've got Antonio Brown, Josh Gordon, Julian Edelman out there. Like it's, it's, it's crazy. Just keep your tight ends in as blockers these days. That's the thing. The, the, the Patriots will just adapt depending on what they have on a on a season by season basis. Mm. Yep. And they'll win 43-0 against the worst team in history. Yes, uh, that's something which I'm calling right now, is that this Dolphins team is just that. So we'll see where they go. Um, moving on, the Buffalo Bills uh, took on the New York Giants, and calls for Eli Manning's head are already ringing out as the Bills come away with this one, 28-14. Uh, Josh Allen looked... Pretty decent for the most part. Uh, not nothing crazy spectacular, but he did exactly what he needed to do again. Whereas Eli Manning again, it's another two picks and uh, just just over fifty percent completions. Well, Josh Allen didn't make any mistakes, mm-hmm. which is very un Josh Allen thing of doing, really. Um, yeah, good good for him, really. Uh, just yeah. 
Do you, yeah. Ugh, exasperated size. Do you think that Saquon getting 18 carries is enough carries? In this team? Saquon Barkley. No, he, he, he needs to be given the ball more. Whether whether it's carries or receptions, he needs to be involved in the game more. Otherwise, just nothing's going to happen. Um, He's telling what Levin Bell's going to be in the Jets. He is the quarterback. Yeah. Wildcats. Routes to the outside. You just got to mm. keep giving Saquon the ball. I think if you want to win some games this season, there are some really poor teams in this league. At the mm. You know what else you need to do if you want to win some games this season? You need to bench Eli Manning. Yeah, he's had eight wins since 2017, which is I feel the, like the least by a quarterback over that span. So Saquon is the crown jewel of my important fantasy team, and I'm just I think I need Dan Jones to do anything this year. Mm. I just think that. By by the way, he's getting a great nickname out there, Danny Dimes. Nice. I like it. I like it a lot. I actually hope he just gets dimes on the back of his jersey instead of Jones. I think that would work out. Well, perfectly. when I was doing the my career on. NBA 2K they ask you to pick a nickname that the the commentators mm-hmm, know mm-hmm. it's Darren Dimes brother nice so, <laughs> it's like six foot six foot point guard um, just throwing up those lobs but yeah. I just want I want Daniel Jones so much right now yeah I mean like Bar- Barkley is still producing he's still going over 100 yards rushing he's still getting touchdowns like that's um 16 touchdowns in his first 18 career games, which is tied with Odell for the most in Giants history uh, over your, your first 18 games. Um, I just feel like they're making, and it's probably because it's still Eli Manning, but they're making the same mistakes with Saquon that they made with Odell. Relying too heavily on him. He's going to pick up injuries. He's going to take the blame. Mm. You're just wasting the talent yeah. that you've got. I, I really have very little to say on this one and just as well because we do need to keep moving on but um, the last thing I have to say is that Aldrich Ross has missed his first field goal in his last 21 attempts so that's uh, the second longest streak in franchise history yep. boring they let him have a streak like that because they're rubbish yep. anyway moving on Okay. Uh, so just real, real quick, real quick uh, just to say that the, the Bills they're running attacked all the, the scoring in this one Frank Gore getting in on the ground the elder statesman uh, Devin Singletary also getting in uh, as well as Josh Allen so yeah not bad from a fantasy standpoint for them uh, although Devin Singletary did pick up a bit of a knock in that one I believe Okay, but yeah, like we said, moving on. And we will go to Tennessee. And after their big blowout victory versus the Browns in week one, it was... It never happened. It was time for the Titans to come crashing back down to earth with a loss to the Indianapolis Colts. And the final score was 19-17 in this one. And I think, to me, this just kind of looked like standard fear for Marcus Mariota again. Just not really big downfield or anything like that. 154 yards, one score. Just kind of looking really average again. Like Derek Henry seems like he's the the engine for this team at the moment, and he he did have a good game himself. But like Marriott has got to be doing more with this. And a point which I've heard some people making is the fact that he now has a slot receiver, which is supposed to be something that he would work out really well for him 
But he's just not even using Adam Humphreys. Two receptions, minus one yards. What the hell? It's Adam Humphreys. And he's got Dion Lewis. He's got safety nets there. Delaney yeah, Walker. Delaney Walker, like, again, regressing to the mean. AJ Brown, not quite the same this week. Uh, yeah, it's just, just not looking so great for them. I mean, on the other side of things, the Colts weren't exactly fantastic, but uh, Brissett put up the scores at least. So he got three touchdowns, only 146 yards, but he did it properly. And Jordan Wilkins had a bit of an explosion. I've not seen much of this game. Seeing Mariota have five rushes for 32 yards gives me a little bit more hope that they're using him in the right way. I just they kind of let loose with him now, don't they? I feel like they've had him. Well, on, you got to. What's the point? They've had him in third gear for three years. Like, you, yeah, you got to use him now. You know, if you're thinking of changing, you've got to run some. Some calm. Like, why is he not running? Why are they not running? These players, like, that's what they're good at. Like. Look at what they're doing with Lamar in Baltimore and what they're doing with Mariota in Tennessee. Is like, Lamar exists now because Mariota did that in Oregon. Yeah. And got to two, two finals. Yeah, it was just like, like prototypical quarterback is what he was called. And now you're seeing more and more of these modern day quarterbacks who can run and pass. Uh, and it's, it's painful because the Kyler's, the Lamar's are coming out now. And that's what you want them to be. Even Dwayne Haskins has a bit of that. Mm. And it just feels like it's been completely beaten out of Cam Newton and Marcus Mariota. Like the the coaching has been so old school for them that they've tried to turn them into pocket passers, which they are. Yeah, and it's just like if you've got the physical tools that these guys have, you've got to utilize them. Otherwise, they're no longer a weapon anymore. It's just that the, the fear of... Uh, the fear of the run is something which is important for the for the defense, I think. But if you don't fear well, if you have Cam to running, con- if you don't fear Marcus Mariota running, then what what have you got? What are you waiting for? If you for? have to contain, you have to take a linebacker out that would otherwise be marking your slot receiver, or would be in that region if the slot receiver is going inside. You know, you're going to open up space for, you know, checkdowns and the passes to guys like Adam Humphries to make the big plays. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that threat, then you're asking Mariota to be Brady. That's not what he is. No. <laughs> He's certainly but not by these standards. I bet you if Adam Humphrey's gone to Patriots, he looks like Edelman. Oh, yes, absolutely. But they would have done fantastically. There. Mariota isn't. So unless you're creating space by moving around, moving motion and stuff, you're not going to get that out of Mariota. And I feel sorry for him. But good for the Colts for getting a win, because... Yeah. High five for the Colts. Yeah. yeah, good good job, guys. Honestly, you guys need a bit of luck. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, too soon, too soon. Sorry, terribly sorry. Um, I was just going to say that I do think that Marcus Mariota is missing his, uh, his offensive lineman. But one offensive lineman that he isn't missing is uh, David Queensbury, who had his first career touchdown reception in the second quarter from one yard out. Oh, so cool. congratulations to him. So um, three yards just gone completely out the window there, of fantasy. There you go. I'm going to tell anyone. No one. one's getting that. Everyone's just, oh, really? That could have been a Derrick Henry touchdown run. I bet you there's someone out there screaming for that one. Eric Ebron getting a reset, a touchdown as well. Yep. Just sitting on my bench. Oh, God, yeah. Well, here it happens. Honestly, like, Darren has been particularly butthurt since joining the Aberdeen League of Fantasy Football and in consecutive weeks has lost by one point 
Uh, I've not been much better having lost by three points and two points. This, oh no, three points and one point as well. So we're both among the highest scorers in the league with zero wins between us. But again, no one wants to hear about our fancy leagues. No. Apart from uh, our friends in the ALFF, who I do believe some of them do actually listen to us now. So yeah, welcome on, guys. And um, I hope I beat you all. Uh, moving on. You uh, haven't, though. Yeah. Hmm? You I, haven't. Oh, though. I've, I've not moved on at all. <laughs> um, but we will move on to talk about our next elongated game, which is the Seattle Seahawks versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. So this was a close game, and there was some intrigue in it. Of course, the Ben Roethlisberger Not uh, being injury. as good as DK Metcalf yet. You're absolutely right. <laughs> this is true. Happy... Happy coming out party, DK. I always believed in you. <laughs> Had your seventh in the draft. Don't forget it. Just just never quite got there, though, man. Yeah, DK Metcalf uh, did come out and make some real clutch plays, and he's done that this week as well as last. Uh, he, he did have seven targets, only three catches for 61 yards, right. and a crucial touchdown in this game, though. Um, yeah, he looked, looked good. He's fast. Yeah. We knew and that. he came and he back to the ball to make a catch. Yeah, he made that the guy draped over him look like an idiot. Yeah, so just, just wore him like a cape and said, "Yeah, what of it?" Isn't very battleship like at all. But <laughs> oh, I think um, it's going to take the Seahawks a few games to get DK a bit more of a vertical threat. I think they need to work on their offensive line plays. Um, but they're not. They're two zero. They are. Rams aren't looking that good. They're they're two and zero. Oh. Their rushing attack is looking very Seahawks like now. Some of the uh, NFC teams are beating up. Yeah, Rashad, Rashad Penny uh, is getting involved. Chris Carson's getting involved. Russell Wilson did Russell Wilson things. Throwing uh, blocks. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, he was putting that on the line in this one. He really wanted to make sure that they came out of this one with the win. And um, the, the the three passing touchdowns that he had uh, were obviously very crucial. Of course, one to DK Metcalf and uh, another two to the human thumb that is Will Disley. Um, but, yeah, so that, that was really good on their side. But uh, the Steelers, they are concerned now. Obviously, the aforementioned loss of Ben Roethlisberger is something that we've already already talked up. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll get into what it was that uh, we really liked about Mason Rudolph. So again, first quarterback, not named Beth Ben Roethlisberger, to throw uh, the Steelers' first passing touchdown of the season since Charlie Batch in 2010, when Ben was also injured. Um, and yeah, as we said, we thought he looked really good in this game. Um, yeah, poise. Yeah, looks just really professional, calm, wasn't like pattering the feet or anything there just sat back there took a couple of hits and went 12 of 19 for 112 two scores and a pick that definitely was not his fault if they can get some support from their running game which they haven't really um i think there's also the case that they're just i think they're a bit too uh-huh too uh, meh. Too meh. <laughs> With the... what, what, what do you mean? Do you mean in terms of their play calling, in terms of their ability? Do you think that the loss of Antonio Brown is just too big a deal for this yeah. team? Oh, if, if, it make, if he's injured, it makes sense. But why is James Conner only carrying the ball for 11 times? 
Why is Benny I mean, Snell got your biggest? Because they were behind in this one for a lot of the time, and so they had to start throwing. But I mean, when you look at how many like plays they had, they really really have that much. And also, Rudolph actually played better than Roethlisberger in this one as well. Roethlisberger looked way yeah, out of sorts like he from was the start from early on. Yeah. Um, good for Vance McDonald getting two touchdowns. Yeah, good to see. Uh, that, that end zone partnership. I can work out well. Yep. Yeah, like if, if Mason Rudolph finds himself a, a key target in someone like Vance McDonald, who like, he's a, a good big body receiver, good hands, uh, strong, as we saw last year with the stiff arm from hell that he put on someone. Go go back and watch that one, listeners. Um, yeah, they, they could they could still do something. Um, I'm very interested to see where they where they go in the in the coming weeks. Um, so next week they have the 49ers which is a pretty fascinating matchup you'll see uh, them go up against Jimmy Garoppolo and co the following week they have uh, the Bengals so the Bengals will be looking to maybe try and take advantage of this at that point I don't think the Bengals have enough neither, neither do I but I mean it just depends on what we actually see out of Mason Rudolph over the next little while then it's the Ravens who have obviously been lighting things up so far. Uh, Chargers, and then they get the bye. Sorry, it's the Dolphins, but it's practically a bye. And um, then the Colts. Um, I would just like to um, have a little bit of a Hall of Fame moment for a couple of guys. Uh huh. Um, congrats to Ryan Switzer for having one reception for four yards for no for no yards. Yeah. Off of four targets. And yeah, congratulations on Dante Moncrief for having nothing for nothing for nothing and one interception. And one interception. Woo, yeah. My man. That's Dante how Moncrief. you win the AFC North, guys. Honestly, when, when when's Moncrief just going to hang out? Because he, he keeps Switzer, making these problems. I don't know why he... They call him the Switz Army Knife. And they make yeah. a big deal when he touches the ball. He's not very good. Yeah, I've been, I've been saying this for a while, but I just enjoy the, the moniker of the Switz Army Knife. I've not seen him do anything. It's the same at Dallas. It's like, oh, maybe he can do something, but no, do it if you're going to be doing it then. Um, yeah, he also had one punt return for one yard. Great job. Nice. Uh, duh, duh, duh. Let me see what else we got here then. Um, Russell Wilson's 14-yard touchdown pass provided the first points for the Seahawks at Heinz Field since 1999. So Seahawks hadn't scored in their last two trips to Pittsburgh, where they were outscored 45 to nothing. So a bit of a, a, bit of a change there. So they've been yeah, waiting for that one. Have they actually played them well? They've been good at Dallas. No, probably not. <laughs> the... They probably didn't have Russell Wilson in those cases. No. Um but yeah, Tyler Lockett had a pretty good game in this one. Uh, still looking sharp. It's 10, 10 receptions he got today. Um, but yeah, I think um, we're we're feeling hot on DK Metcalf now. Like he's got this potential to really become something there. Uh, but like the, the Seahawks, that offensive line's still not great. Uh, the Steelers did get into Russell Wilson a couple of times. Stefan Tuit got got into the backfield and back to back plays for for sacks on Wilson. And um, yeah, this was a, this one was a close one all the way down to the end, where like the Steelers ended up managing to uh, to, to get back into it with two late scoring drives, uh, including that three yard touchdown from Vance McDonald, but they just couldn't quite get over the hump. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, Seahawks eventual winners in this one. The Seahawks are 
quite underrated on defense. And I just wonder if once they start to get it together and their division isn't that strong other than the Rams away from home, but their defense is KJ Wright, Bobby Wagner, Shaquille Griffin, Miko Hendricks, Trey Flowers, Jadavian Clowney, and Marquise Blair. That is not a bad combination of players it, to be able to put in in different situations. Although some of them are still like younger younger players. They're coming through. Marquis Blair is a goddamn missile whenever he's <laughs> coming at someone. <laughs> he's but, a 15 yard penalty. It's a, wait, a penalty waiting to happen. But um, but yeah, like they've got the makings of something potentially good there. Um, I'm not going to say Legion of Boom 3.0 or whatever it is at this stage. Maybe... I just think Clowney, KJ Wright, and Bobby Wagner. That's it's a good trio to have, uh, you know, up up in the front of your line and stuff. So, yeah, interesting. They got some serious athletes there, and uh, I'm still concerned about their defensive backs because they are still so young, but promising. And uh, if you're going to be in any situation to have a whole young group of players, at least you're doing it with one of the oldest coaches to, to do it in the league who has been so good at keeping defensive units together as well so uh, by the way happy birthday to Pete Carroll who is celebrating his 111th birthday I believe <laughs> he is 11 111th birthday Mr. Carroll yeah and uh, I think we shall move on from that one and get down to or rather where are we going from there actually Geography wise, where were we? Yeah, we'll be down down to uh, Washington DC, where the Redskins, like, they kind of they have points. They, they've, yeah, they're putting up points. They're kind of, I think they are surprising me. Um, like I, I have like previously voiced my belief that Case Keenum is not a bad quarterback. Um, I think it just kind of shows just how bad the line was in Denver that he was behind previously. And his receivers weren't that great. He's still not got great receivers here, but uh, Terry McLaurin's really emerging as a as a, a really good target for for him there. Um, again, that running game is not looking great. Adrian Peterson did get in on the ground, but two point five yards per carry average again, not looking fantastic. Um, yeah, puts up two scores himself. It's yeah, it's, it's all right, but all right isn't good enough when you're playing against the Dallas Cowboys, who have started very hot this season and uh, Dak Prescott MVP chat is already in full flow of course we're saying you pump the brakes on that that's uh, that's that's enough now you you idiots just calm the hell down um, but yeah they looked great Dak Prescott only four incompletions the whole game today 269 yards three scores and a pick uh, Zeke Elliott was back doing Zeke Elliott things 23 carries, 111, and a score. It's pretty impressive. It's all right. Also, really good to see former Ohio State product Devin Smith back and looking really good. Uh, he caught a, a, a deep bomb from uh, Dak Prescott for a score. Um, it's just a guy who, having previously been drafted by the Jets quite highly, just couldn't stay healthy, couldn't catch a break. Uh, really came out in this one here. With uh, 74 yards and a score. Look good. Yeah. And they, they spread the ball about nicely as well. There was a lot of players who got um, three or more catches. Including Jason Witten. Another touchdown for him. Yeah, well, he's an end zone presence. 
Yeah. Um, really pulled the rabbit out of his head in that one again. <laughs> da, 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 da. Anyway, NFC East doesn't get interesting until the Eagles and the Cowboys play at Chester. Yes. When is that? Do we know? At some point. In the at future. some point in the future. Uh, I will quickly Google that for I the for listeners. Like that, so. uh, it is... Uh, the 21st of October yeah, still ages away so this division doesn't get yeah interesting for yeah. a while well, the, the Redskins are surprising if they can pick up a couple of wins then you don't know but it just seems like it's come too quickly for them mm. they've played two division games against like, couldn't they have had like Tampa opponents. Bay and Cardinals or something first mm. really built into it because they, they have the weapons they can get the running game going you get like yeah not all schedules are created equal and when you have to play against the the Eagles and the Cowboys back to back at the start of your season it's a little bit diff- different to being the Baltimore Ravens who have to play against the Miami Dolphins and then, then they probably go Bengals the Browns Browns Bengals Steelers <laughs> Steelers and then their whole season's decided in six weeks so. yeah pretty much um, it's hard to say but um, yeah Redskins they're they're doing something they're they're not as much of a pushover as I thought they would be. Um, but, like, that running game is not really looking great. Uh, like the skins were always behind in this game, and it was just consistent. It was one touchdown per quarter from the second to the, to the fourth. Um, are the Redskins worth tuning into Monday Night Football for? Oh, wait, who are they playing against again? The Bears. Uh, I mean... It's an interesting game. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested just purely because... The, re- the Redskins seem to like be six months. Football. <laughs> the Redskins seem to be overproducing, but not getting the results. Whereas the Bears are underproducing, but they got a win this week, which we'll get onto very shortly. <laughs> with much rage from myself. <laughs> we're going to end on that. Oh uh, yeah, we are. We're moving towards that, and I might end the universe with my my rage. I'll try and keep it uh, relatively short and PG thirteen if I can. Um, so. Yeah, Cowboys looking good, and they roll on. Um, yeah, Kellen Moore. Yeah, Kel- Kellen Moore, watch out for this. By the way, I heard a really good hot take, and that is that if the Cowboys win the Super Bowl in this one, they should still fire Jason Garrett and then keep Kellen Moore. <laughs> it's, well, what's changed, you know? Yeah, exactly. So maybe if he is the one who clearly is getting them over the hump, maybe that would be the right choice. And with it being Jerry Jones who's uh, stuck by Jason Garrett for about a decade now, despite the fact he's never come anywhere near the Super Bowl. That would be very interesting. Anyway, uh, moving on, and we will hit up the Kansas City Chiefs rolling over the Oakland Raiders, but not after a very scary start for them, going down 10 nothing in the first quarter. Whew. It looked close. I think they're fine. I don't think they were ever worried. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's, it was it was ten nothing, and then it was twenty eight points unanswered in the second quarter, and then no points in the second half I don't because know they if didn't. You can find know. the stats, but it was something like four touchdowns, twenty eight points for something like two hundred and seventy three yards in like eleven minutes or something. Yeah, that's that's a, a crazy. And then nothing else. Yeah, they, they didn't need to. They Shut just it like, down. It was yeah, over. Like, okay, let's just let's just take it easy now. We'll just coast down the rest of the way. I was watching this because a couple of fantasy things for me was that the guy I was playing had Williams. So I was like, oh, they're running away with it. They're going to go in the end zone every five minutes. And then he didn't score again for the whole of the second half. Yeah, Damien Williams had uh, 0.9 yards per carry. Um, So the Raiders were very good at stuffing the run, but that's probably because 
they just saw that the Chiefs didn't really need to do anything else with it at that point. I, LaShawn McCoy also picked up a little bit of an ankle injury, so that's one to monitor going forward. I love Mahomes, but they're still on the fence on the kind of Lizzie, like Rogers Brady level. But then this just kind of says he's an elite player now. Like this is, oh yeah, like he's it's, just it's he's over because the Ra- I think the Raiders are quite good. The Raiders held the Chiefs to settle down <laughs> to no like in the line like offensive and defensive lines. They're pretty solid. Mm-hmm. They're holding teams. Holding one team. One team. And then they are a team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't call a team that lets Demarcus Robinson go uh, uh, six receptions, 172 and two scores, as well as Travis Kelsey for over 100 yards and a score, and Michael Hardman uh, bringing him for a score. And it should have, like, should have had another one as well. a nine-minute period, those jokes. Yeah, it was, it was explosive, but they didn't need to do anything else after that point. They did exactly what they needed to do. Whereas on the Raiders' side of the ball... Uh, Again, a kind of typical Derek Carr performance. Uh, 23 of 38 for under 200 yards. One score, two picks. Uh, Josh Jacobs uh, nearly broke a 100 barrier in this one as well. So he was uh, a real positive in this one. But they also lost Tyrell Williams to an injury in this one as well. So that's kind of big for them. Yeah, that is big. That He's probably their number one weapon now. And they've got to, mm. they've got to have players like that on the field if you want to, to do anything. And... Um, that's a tough one. I am. Um, I'm just looking through the the stat line. I just find it amazing that if anyone watched, you know, the Mariota Oregon teams, and you think a team's putting up that many yards in one quarter, and the Black Mamba, the Anthony Thomas, <laughs> literally six yards, one reception, six yards in, in the in the melee. You know, there was talk about them saying like, okay, we're going to use the Anthony Thomas and Miko Hardman as our like Tyreek Hill fillers. Didn't need it. Mirko Hardman's got it. it. Yeah, yeah, Hardman was the was the one for this, and he's looked explosive so far. And um, speaking of looking explosive, the Chiefs have scored twenty five plus points in twenty three consecutive games, which is the longest bad. streak in NFL history. Hall of Famer Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that put him in there already. It's already one of the most dominant patches of quarterback play I've ever seen, and his his second season is like absolutely ridiculous. And um, the Chiefs are still getting after the quarterbacks as well, which is real good for them. So they're doing something on the defensive side as well as getting those picks. They just need to do something. Mm-hmm. Just any possession you can give back to Mahomes mm-hmm. is brilliant. That's all they need the defense to do. doesn't matter if they concede points. Just, just every now and again, one you make tur- that point One or point two turnovers over. in good field position to Mahomes in this offense, you're going to win games. It's all you need. Yes. Mm-hmm. Love is all you need. Love is all you need. All I would need is um, for refs to get better at calling, uh, roughing the passer. Anyway. Which brings me on to our <laughs> next game, Darren. I don't really have anything to add to this game. Do you want me to um, just go solo on this and just, yeah, just I'm gonna rage pop, for an hour? Yeah, positives for Chicago. <laughs> you um, go ahead. Field goal kicker winning them the game. You son of a bitch. Um, Pinero, most popular man in Chicago now. Not the most popular man in Denver, but. I'm not going to blame him. He did his job, unlike the referee. Yes. Anyway, um, 53 <laughs> yards to win the game. Bears go to 1 and 1. 
probably undeserved. Um, probably. Should be, should be 0-2 and out of the NFC North race. But over to you, Stuart. It was a disgrace, Darren. It was a disgrace, was it? Okay. It was a disgrace. Now, throughout the course of this game, you know, Broncos weren't exactly punching it in as as I would like. Um, Joe Flacco wasn't bad, though. He was putting the ball out there and the running game was pretty solid for the most part. Royce Freeman doing doing better than Lindsay again, but uh, still looked good. Manuel Sanders looking really strong again. Um, Mitchell Trubisky was garbage for... <laughs> Uh, for th- is garbage. Yeah, for more than three quarters of this game, he was held under eighty yards. I feel a bit like the PFF were last year when they're doing this podcast and going, "Look, Bears fans, I don't want to. I'm not trying to get on at you, but you're not very good." No, it's just and like he didn't really show much until the very last play of the game before the field goal, but before that is the thing that I have the problem with. And that is that, um, so that the Broncos managed to uh, get themselves down and uh, and score a touchdown. Uh, Joe Flacco passing to Emmanuel Sanders for seven yards. Just a really beautifully floated over uh, touchdown. Actually, sorry. Oh, no, 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 yep, that, that's correct. That's, this is the order it happens in. So they do that beautiful by back corner of the end zone. And then... Uh, for the conversion, rather than taking the field goal, uh, Vic Fangio elects to go for two. Great. Okay, here we go. Oh, delay of game. Oh, crap. Okay, cool. So that, that takes us back. Okay. So Brandon McManus lines up for the extra point instead then. It's like, okay, it's too far out. Go to kick it. Misses. Bears are then called for offside on the play. Brings it back up to the, uh, the half-yard line. They then go for two. They make the two-point conversion. Broncos take the lead, 14-13. Fantastic. Great. Ball's going back to Mitchell Trubisky. He's done nothing throughout the course of this entire game. Broncos turn it on, get in the backfield, sack him as the ball's leaving his hands. And then that would have been on to fourth down, I believe. Um, At least it would have been had the referee not called the worst rough-in-the-passer call I've ever seen the ball was still in Trubisky's hands when yeah, it was brought down it's what I didn't understand about it was that it's either a light hit or it's a play yeah and, and it, it wasn't, wasn't a it, light hit because he still had the ball and you can't justify it being him putting his whole body weight on the quarterback well, either no because he, his, his knee and his arm was also still holding it was pretty much holding him up he couldn't have put him down any more gentle and any more on time it, it just absolutely destroyed me seeing that happen because that then gave the Bears an opportunity to continue the, the play. That was a, a, a automatic first down and then on the, I think it was the next play, uh, or a couple plays afterwards, uh, Trubisky holds on to the ball for long enough, creates some, some time and space, flings the ball right down the pipe to his receiver who then gets down instantly, clock ticks over to zero and then we're told, no, no, there was a timeout call with one second on the clock. I'm like, why are you kidding me? To be fair, I think they did get the timeout. The issue was is that the defensive player touched, touched them. Yeah. Shouldn't have touched yes. them. Yes, that was another thing I was going to say. Like, Had the defensive player not touched the guy when he was down, he could have waited for the clock to run out. You can see Trubisky like, 
calling timeout as yeah. soon as he touches him. So but like that, that, that was good for Trubisky. That would have been too much of a heads-up play. And when you're a defender, your natural instinct is to do that. I mean, I'm not like in hindsight, it would have been a smart play, but I'm not going to really put it on a defender who like would have to think like that snapshot. Um, and it's yeah. tough because if you screw that up, because the, even though it goes to zero, you can still play. Yeah. So if you can let him go. You could get up and score. Yeah, he gets up and he goes, and yeah. that's just as bad. And so. the Broncos have seen that happen before. But then when it came down to it, like you mentioned before, Eddie Pinheiro ends up banging through the 53-yard field goal. And uh, the Bears have a, a new cult hero after getting rid of the Cody Parkey double doink monkey. But yeah, I was uh, like, I took a few moments uh, to, to watch this one today uh, at this point, And it really, really stings. Like, so badly. I do not believe that the Broncos deserve to be 0-2 at this point. Um, they stunk out the house against Oakland, but in this one, they weren't all that bad. And they should have had it if it weren't for a bonehead call. Yeah, I think Buster Scrine is um, happy. <laughs> he's, a, he's a happy man. He's a man. happy man. Yeah, the one who was called offside on the, on the PAT, which gave the Broncos another opportunity to get ahead. Yeah, like I say, a really difficult one to take. Um, I do still feel better about the team after got, this. You've only got to go to Lambeau Field next week. Yeah, great. Okay, cool. So we've gone from the, the frying pan of the Chicago Bears defense and, and poor offense into the fire of the Green Bay Packers defense, which is also very good, yeah. and the Green Bay Packers offense, which I believe is sizably better than a Mitchell <laughs> Trubisky run offense. Oh, boy. Yeah. It's, it's a tough, tough one. Yeah, it's but, tough. Um, and I would be completely spitting about that as well. And I can just see next week, late night Sunday game, I can just see something in the Browns game that's going to make me just as raging, especially at the Coliseum. Yeah, it could could well happen that way. Um, there's There's been a couple of these these calls which just seem to be causing grief this year. But I suppose you do see it every year. And like when it comes down to it, the officials are only human. But you know, I mean, if you can challenge a pass interference, well, you should be able to challenge the... a roughing the passer like this. Yeah, especially because the play's gone. Yeah, so it's gone. And it's it... in the last two minutes. So why is... shouldn't they review all? Plays? It should be all, all, all particularly questionable plays. Well, all first down plays then. Mm. Or, you know, well, obvious. Maybe not all to, first down plays. All need to be adjusted. Yeah. Yeah. There's certain things. There should be someone uh, up in a booth somewhere just saying, like, wait, that was really bad. And they can just watch it before the ball's snapped on the next play. It works and say, the like, other way, though. If it was a rough in the f- passer call and they then review it and then Chicago Bears lose 10 seconds, mm-hmm. then that's an issue as well. They need to... F- there's something wrong There's with something wrong the with the review doing. process. In the last two minutes, why are you running off time? But mm. it's like when is it Carlos Hyde just missed the end zone a couple of years ago? Yeah, and they reviewed it. Yeah, and all they needed to do was get up and run another play, but they called the five last six seconds of the game over as yeah. runoff. Even though when they called the um, to review it, they were back up and ready to go. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, there's something there's, there's something, something out with right. the last two minutes of the game. It's so important. Yeah. Well, Darren, on that note, we'll have to end. And yes. I think that your homework for the next time is to fix 
this uh, review problem that we have in the NFL. You are the one. <laughs> you can be I'm our savior. Yeah. yeah. And also, do you reckon you could do it like retrospectively so you can go back and you can fix this bullshit? <laughs> no, it's also like the other like pet project I'm working on, which is um, working on how to get a better Scottish national team. Oh. I'm just going to backdate that to 1998. So. Yeah, you're going to have to <laughs> wait for quite some time for that one to work out, I think. Um, so, yeah. Um, anything you're looking forward to next week? What should our listeners be looking at? Um, uh, I'm, not, I'm not, really, not really sure, actually. Um, let me help, let me like just think up. Well, whilst, whilst I'm thinking of that... Give you mine while you're thinking. Oh, yeah, good. Well, well um, before you do, I'll just want to give a, a shout-out to the Aberdeen Oil Cats who uh, recently travelled to Moscow and won, uh, won the International Flag American Football Tournament there. Uh, had some really, really close-fought games against some tight opponents, but that's the team that I used to play for. So a big shout-out to the guys over that way, um, particularly Michael Scott, who is a, still, a, still a good friend of mine. Uh, really, really happy to hear that, guys. Keep it up, and uh, hope to see you guys winning more in the future. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, so in terms of what I'm looking forward to next week, uh, real quick, uh, of course the Cowboys Dolphins is my highlight of it. No, I'm kidding. Um, you, <laughs> I, I oh, mean, that's going to be a high-scoring game as well. Yeah, uh, interest to see the Chiefs Ravens. I think that is going to be a test for the Ravens, their first time this this year, really. Um, interested to see what happens with the Saints when they play against Seattle, and of course by the same tune. I'm interested to see what happens with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who are the Steelers playing, actually? Or are they playing against the 49ers away. Yes, they are. So, yeah, that'll be another interesting one to watch. Um, also want to see what happens with the Chargers and Texans because I still don't feel I know exactly what we're getting out of these teams yet this year. And, um, yeah, like there's some concerns there. Yeah, I'm... Um... After watching the Jets today for my sins, <laughs> I'm looking forward to watching the Patriots put 50 on them. Oh, no, you can't look forward to the Patriots putting points on. I think. That I mean, that'll be really good for my fantasy, but I don't think they're going to run away with it. Um, the main thing for me next week, the Packers and um, Broncos game is going to be a great game. One of the early games. Mm-hmm. But next week's all about Sunday prime time. Browns and Rams. It's I'm, Sunday night. I'm looking forward to Chris Collinsworth talking about the Browns. I don't think I've ever heard him even mention a Browns player, other than on occasionally, not even because he did the draft. No, I've never heard Chris Collinsworth talk about well, a Browns Baker player. Mayfield. Now here's a guy. <laughs> I've never heard him think about it. He's never. He doesn't do the well, normal podcasts for PFF, and he only does draft stuff. He only did draft stuff. Well, I guess like he's, he's it depends on when the Browns are being involved in these. Uh, these matchups, which hasn't been very often over the last few years, so good to have them back up there. We're going to see be a more pure often. fan. I'm not doing any work from what twelve thirty onwards on <laughs> on Monday next week. I'm all, all, be... all right for some. Some of us do actually have to have to to work because we have bosses looking over our shoulders. Um, so yeah, I think uh, we have a few killer games coming up next week. And speaking of killer, I'm absolutely dead after that. That's been a it's been a long one today. Um, so, yeah, anything else you want to uh, put on the end of this one there, Darren? No, thank you for listening. Uh, it was, it's been a good week of football. It's, I'm disappointed about the quarterback injuries, but yeah, it's but just intrigue. It is, and it allows other people who we've not seen before to step into the limelight. 
maybe maybe do a gardener Minshew and uh, you know keep it keep it going. Um, yeah, so I think um, we're interested to see what happens then, and uh, we shall speak to you guys next time. Sounds good. Toodle oo. Goodbye. <laughs>